Bank of Clark County has a comprehensive suite of solutions for your personal and business needs. We offer banking, lending services, and wealth management services with the best-in-class customer service you'd expect from a community bank. Whether you need a checking or savings account, a mortgage or home equity line of credit, a business loan, or to set up a trust or investment account, Bank of Clark County can help. Bank of Clark County. Big Bank Solutions, Community Bank Service. And we've just opened a branch at 530 Blackwell Road in Warrenton. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. Now at Mickey D's, when you buy any crispy chicken sandwich or quarter pounder with cheese, you'll get a free medium fry and free medium drink when you order on the app. So do you have the app? How are you going to get this deal if you don't have the app? I know you have a phone. Anywho, if you have the app, enjoy your free fries and drink. If you don't, You can't see me, but know that I'm shaking my head. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Limited time only. I participate in McDonald's. Valid one time per day. Visit McDonald's app for details. Download and registration required. Welcome to the Unscripted Podcast. My name is Corby LaCroix, and the song you're hearing right now is called Great and Mighty One. Available on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you get your music. But for now... Here's your host and my friend, Aaron Conrad. Great Redeemer, God of grace. Alright, everybody, welcome back to Unscripted from my studios here in Old Hilliard. And uh, man, this, we just put this together in like the last, I don't know, hour, two hours. But at the end of the day, uh, uh, man, my guest, he is from the 216. And, and if anybody knows me, knows what well, knows my heart, knows my passion uh knows my tattoo it is from the 216 and it's from bedford specifically and so when i just saw in my guy's profile uh that he's from bedford so all right let, let's just start here uh to my guest uh where do you go when you want to get live be high be high baby be high be high man be high, i want you to do what 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 i'm sorry all right, all right. uh we got to, we got a time constraint man who's my guest please introduce yourself my friend yeah well my name is tc stallings and uh those you know that are familiar with me you know know i'm from cleveland ohio grew up in bedford um they'll probably be calling me tony they're like that tony stallings and uh but that's what the t stands for you know the c is my middle name but uh but yeah, um, you know, grew up in Bedford and I graduated from Bedford High School in, in 96. Um, you know, my goal was always to play pro ball. I got a chance to do that. Uh, but in, in 2008, you know, the Lord shifted my passions to acting. You know, I answered that call and been obedient ever since. And, you know, went out to Hollywood with the goal of just making sure that when I went out there, I did it the Lord's way, uh, never compromising myself and getting dirty or anything like that. And uh, in 2015, woke up one day, was in the number one movie in America. And, uh, you know, that's the rest is history, you know, but uh, but it all started, like you said, in the 216, you know, growing up in Cleveland, Ohio and had a mom who was, you know, uh, doing the best she could. But, you know, we we didn't have a lot, you know, and struggled and everything. And, and for us, you know, Bedford was a was a come up, you know, from inner city Cleveland where I lived. And so I spent my final years there. And uh, like I said, man, Bedford. The city of Bedford and Bedford High School pretty much changed my life. I'm sure we can get into that, but I just want to throw that out there. They really did. Same. Same. Like, like the, you know, there, there's a country song that talks about the house that built me and Woodrow Avenue built me. Uh, and, and I react to things. I do everything. I make decisions based on 
83 Woodrow Avenue in Bedford, Ohio, man, that's just what built me. But uh, I want to get this out right away. So how this all happened today is I, I have seen you. I've seen you in Courageous. I've seen you in the movie War Room. I've seen you uh, in a movie that was amazing with. Uh, so go back in the history. You'll find a movie called the, My Brother's Keeper, mm-hmm. uh, where I interviewed their director. Uh, amazing film. And honestly, one of my favorite songs ever is is the one that was used in that film called um uh, I want to see Jesus. Mm-hmm. It was so good, man. That mm-hmm. song. Ooh, Thank okay. You, uh, but today I interviewed the director of a movie, a brand new movie called No Vacancy, which comes out May 9th. And, uh, and that led me to your profile where I realized you grew up in the 216. So right. let's talk about No Vacancy first and foremost, because that's, that's pressing today. So No Vacancy, can you talk about the film? Yeah, man, it's, it's really cool because it's one of those stories that there's three or four different storylines that come together. And usually right. in these films, they're they're fiction. They're just really cleverly written, and they're they're great to watch. But it's just pure entertainment, like fiction. It's not true, and then you make their stories intersect. Whereas this mm-hmm. is a true story, you know, hundred hundred percent true story about a church down in Leesburg, Florida, who decided that they wanted to take care of the homeless and hungry and drug afflicted folks in their neighborhood, but the city didn't want them to do it because the church's method was going to be to buy up this large motel and right. turn it into a homeless shelter. And the way they were looking at it, they was like, look, you feed one stray cat, you're going to get 30 of them. And so right. they, they worried about property value and all this other stuff. So the pastor of that church, this uh, the, the backdrop for this film centers around his efforts to get this motel. Meanwhile, you got my character. I play a character, character by the name of Cecil Johnson, who is basically one of those people strung out, homeless, depressed, drug addicted, just want to live it, just want to end it all. He, he don't even want to live no more. And, um, you know, I encounter uh, this church and my life can like pretty much gets turned around. And it's just the way that it happens. That is just, it's just crazy how these two, this church intersects with this homeless guy. But then you got this third storyline as a reporter who got demoted from Orlando Sentinel, the big paper, to come do this little tiny story about this church who's trying to get this motel. And her story ends up bringing so much light to it that like a lot of people in the state starts to work with the church, which in turn helps my character. And then that's how you get the backdrop for the whole thing. So my whole thing in this is I'm playing a real person. And uh, he became the first black pastor at this church down in Florida. But the transformation that I had to make was just insane. Like you will not recognize me when you see this, which no. is the challenge that I wanted to play a real person, tell a real story and, and, and put drug addiction on the screen and homelessness and just to display all of that in a real authentic way. Uh, but that's the backdrop for no vacancy. And it's going to inspire some folks, man. You will not look at homeless people and drug addicted people. And um, you won't look at them the same way. You will actually start to think like, man, maybe I can do something. And maybe I should do something. And the film shows you what can happen if you should make that decision to look after what the Bible terms is the least of these, man. And not just walking by them or throwing burgers at them, you know, so that is a great, true, true story. And I can't wait for everybody to check that thing out. And I'm going to tell you, so I saw you in uh, My Brother's Keeper. Uh, is is That's right, right? It's called My Brother's Keeper, yep. right? Uh, man, and you are uh, like, I, I was like, is that Dwight Howard? Because, you know, I think everybody knows Dwight Howard's pretty well put together. And mm-hmm. and I got to say, man, you're pretty well put together. <laughs> like, oh, man, I you, you know, and, and I think they hit it in, uh, in, in this film because yeah. you were a homeless, strung out guy. So I think, you know, again, just, just 
you know, haven't seen the films before. And again, I didn't even know you were from Bedford, man. I, I like, it was just my respect of you as an actor. Yeah. I noticed that they, they probably covered that up because you're, you're a pretty put together guy and most homeless people yeah, are, we did. are yeah, not we, as put together as you are. Yeah. We had to. So the whole thing was, um, I didn't want to lose a ton of weight because I, I also, I'm on a TV show called Vindication uh, and I play a detective and if I, and we were filming like right after that too. So that would have been really hard to kind of get really, really thin. And then, so what we did was I made sure not to, not to bulk up anymore or anything like that. But cause I knew 90 days out that I was going to have to get into this actually 120 days out. So what we did, we decided to do was like, all throughout there, man, my clothes were like three X, you know, right. really, really big clothes. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and we always kind of just chose like outfits that would make me look a lot thinner than, than what I really am. And then they did a great job with the makeup, man. Just, and, and I couldn't, I didn't, I didn't like cut my hair or shave my face for like the whole 90 days to get it, everything. So all that hair and those big clothes just make me look real small. And then honestly, it was a certain way that, I had it to walk and carry myself, which people think that's easy. You have to do some research, man, or you will either overplay it or underdo it. And I'm just like, how would a person, how do they move when they're going through withdrawal and their body is not healthy? Because I'm that right. exact opposite of me. So I had to do some research. And so the way you see me walking and moving and twitching and kind of, you know, all of that stuff was just research to be as authentic as possible. So that all went into the illusion of me being strung out, homeless, haven't eaten, because um, yeah. I'm used to being well-fed, in shape, right. right mind, and so that that's that's what goes into the portrayal. But I I welcome the challenge. That's what I that's that's what you want as an actor is a, is a film and a role that challenging. And you nailed it uh, because you. you know at one point I remember you got up out of a chair and I was like I wonder if his back's hurting because you know I to your point that physical like right like you got up out of a chair and left a meeting and I was like you know he he walks like his back's hurting because I'm a guy that has back pain so uh, when you you know and I don't know if that was intentional I assume yes. it was based on what all you just it. said like you know all of it man it, uh, yeah it, all right so no vacancy if and I'm not promoting my own podcast but uh, please look at the earliest ep episode with the director we go more into depth but uh let's talk about how do you go from Bedford Ohio and Louisville to Hollywood like what was that journey man because I know we got, we got short time. So I, here's the thing. You got to come back. You got to come back for like an hour episode because we got a lot to unpack. But let's do the let's do the Cliff Notes version. How do you go yeah, from Bedford to Louisville don't, don't to Hollywood? Rush. You picked a great time for this. I know it was impromptu, man, but I'm in this booth right here doing all these interviews. And so I didn't Love have it. to go nowhere, man. So I, I'm, I'm with you. And like I said, man, um, Bedford has a special place in my heart, man. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm really cool to be able to talk about this stuff. But yeah. The, the dream started, man. The journey started. I'm 12 years old. Um, and I'm walking past, at the time, what you would call Cleveland Municipal Stadium. You know, not first energy. Yeah. Cleveland Municipal Stadium. That's I'm right. 12 years old, and I hear a game going on. And uh, we were picking up my stepfather at the time, because I didn't grow up with my real dad. So we, my stepfather was picking him up from work uh, downtown at John Carroll University. That's where he worked. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. And I can hear the game going and, you know, I'm, I'm playing ball and I'm just like, I would love to go and see a game, but I knew I'd never be able to afford to. And I just remember saying to myself, you know what, forget trying to go see one. I'm going to go, I'm going to play in there. And that's wow. how my, my dream started. And so I started playing football at that point. Barry Sanders was my hero. I, I wore number 20 uh, playing Muni League football 
you know, uh, for the city of right. Lawrenceville Bobcats. You know, if I'm playing, you know, so we're playing against Power Five, you know, uh, you know, Paul Brothers, all of them different Muni League football teams. And so that's where it started for me. And then, uh, you know, we lived all over Cleveland, you know, Kinsman, Union, all just all over the place, always moving, uh, Park mm-hmm. Gate, you know, Revere, everywhere, just moving. Finally, um, finally, we, we moved to Warrensville and uh, I was living in Banbury. That's when it was called Banbury. It's called something else now, but I was living in Banbury, Banbury Circle. And uh, I was there from fifth grade on up to about my sophomore year. I was crushing it on the field, but I was not crushing it in the classroom. All I really cared about mm-hmm. was playing. And um, it was even to the point where I was willing to kind of switch, shift my grades a little bit. Like we had to turn in them little eligibility cards, man. And I, I, I didn't care about school that much. I just wanted to all out, I, I like get out of the hood, get to college, play NFL, change your life. That was all. Well, I got, I started to get in trouble because of um, grades not being great. And my mother was like, cause I, I, okay, let me give a little backdrop. We moved from Warrensville to Bedford, but I was still at Warrensville because I didn't want to go to Bedford, you know, mm-hmm. um, just to keep it all the way straight. Warrensville was pretty much 99% black. You know, right. Bedford was mostly white and I didn't know anybody in Bedford. So I wanted right. to stay at Warrensville. So we lived in Bedford. You know, we moved to Sherwood, Sherwood Village. And I'm in Warrensville so and, um, I had to go, you know, get the bus and catch the bus to school. Uh, anyway, I started to fail at all of that. I was being late all the time because we lived too so far away. And then my grades started up. So my mother said, you know what? I'm transferring you because you right down the street from Bedford. You're going to Bedford. And we transferred to Bedford. And I remember meeting with Coach Adakovic, the football coach, wow. who told me yes. that you. we just had a long, because to make a long story short, we had a long conversation about me being a student, a man, and don't make excuses that you don't have your dad and just everything. I love Coach Adakovic. So um, I started balling for Bedford, man. And um, obviously, you know, at that time, you know, I, I set the records for as a running back and all of that. Like, if you go to the stadium now, that number five jersey hanging up there, that's mine. And it's uh, so awesome. So, you know, I go and I get my scholarship to Louisville. And then so I, you know, had a great career at Louisville, um, ended up playing six years pro, but then in 2008, um, well, now I got to back up even a little bit more before we even get to that. That's why we need a whole episode. Dude. I know, anyway, I know. Um, I'm going to let this thing roll, man. As long as nobody can yeah. get me, we're going to keep talking. So, so Let's go, let's go, uh, let's go. So in uh, 2000 and, 2004, um, so I graduated I graduate from Louisville in 01. Um, I didn't get drafted, but I got picked up by the Arena League. And uh, so I'm, I'm balling there. And then I see on Animal Planet that you could audition for this reality show. I auditioned for the reality, reality show and I won the whole thing on Animal Planet. It was called King of the Jungle. And um, and so that's so what an acting bug bit because the winner got his own one hour special on Animal Planet. So now they throw out all the reality stuff and they start writing scripts for you. And that's the first time I really saw this going down like this. And I said, man. This is kind of cool. They flew me to right. New Zealand and then to Australia to film this, took care of everything. Wow. And then it was on national TV. So when I came back, I'm like, huh. But I still had some football left in me. So I got picked up um, by the CFL and then I was ripping it up for the Calgary Stampeders. Then I went to Europe and I was ripping it up over there. We won a Super Bowl championship over there. 
So finally in 08, I went to the movies and I saw a very impactful movie that made me think like, I want to give this a shot. Um, and I think I know what I want to do when I'm done playing. And so I, uh, I auditioned for the role of TJ in the movie Courageous. Got the role. It opened okay. up at number four. So Hollywood right. got their eyes on me then. And I got a letter from, uh, I got a phone call from an agency in Hollywood saying if I was to come out there, that they would represent me. I thought it was a joke. Prayed about it. It turned out to be legit. I went out there, signed with them. Three years later, I was in the number one movie in America, War Room. And, okay. um, and from that point on, I'm like, okay, not only was this awesome, but I got there never compromising my faith in Jesus Christ. Never mm. doing anything that would make my faith look bad. Um, showing that you can make it without leaving Jesus out of the equation. And now I saw that as the mission to just continue doing that. So that's the quick version of what brings me to where I am now. You know, here I am, you know, 25 films later, still doing it, still doing it God's way, still never compromising, even with all the success that I've had. And uh, that remains my mission. And now I'm looking to help, you know, I'm helping other actors like myself uh, do the same thing. So that's like the the quickest version, you know, um, of it. But, you know, I've written some books. Like I said, Bedford, Bedford, Cleveland, everybody, y'all got some catching up to do, man. Um, you know, with the things that I've done, you know. Uh, but uh, but yeah, man, I um, I even show you right now. There's my book right there. Uh, it's yes, called, it's called I Spit the TC. All right, so let's get some links, man. Let's get some links because you're right. In any moment, somebody come knock on the door, and you got to go. And man, I I can't thank you enough. So I ask you three things. So number one, uh, will you come back? What's that? Will you come back to Bedford? No, for me, for for a longer episode. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. We got a, we got a lot to cover. Absolutely. We got a lot to cover, my friend. All right. So number one, uh, that's number one. All right. Two. You, what's the links? Uh, your website. You you got a lot going on. There's books. There's movies. There's yeah. other things. If you go to my uh, what, website, so, so, you can see everything that's going on with me. www.tcstallings.life. L I F E. And um, that's the. You go there. You be able to see everything that I'm into. Anybody. You know, like I said, from the 216, from Bedford. If you ever want to take some time and catch up with what I'm doing, uh, you know, that's a great place to start. Or, uh, and I say this humbly, you Google TC Stallings and uh, you'll be able to catch up with a lot that the Lord has blessed me to be able to do. And uh, like I said, man, I was not a serious student. I didn't know how I was going to make it out of the, the hood. Going to Bedford taking me away from everything that I knew, taking me away from the friends that I knew and having to start all over. I run into some people who really, really, truly cared about me. A school that I love that taught me how to be a student first and uh, changed my life. Cause that's, I started balling. I, I, I never wanted to let coach Dakovic down. He was, he became like, like my, like my father figure. And, uh, and I met uh, so many cool friends, you know, um, new, new folks. And so just everything got elevated when I went there. And, uh, you know, what's funny, the, the very first points ever scored at Bedford State, that stadium that they're in right now. The new one, right? Was, yeah, it was by me. They come on. Absolutely. Was we it beat, pass or, or, or rush? It's funny. I played both sides of the ball. I was a starting running back and a starting outside linebacker. Um. We beat Akron St. Vincent, St. Mary, LeBron School. LeBron School, yeah. Beat, Come on, bro. We beat their football team four nothing. Nice. We won four. We won with two safeties. Come on. I got the first safety. 
Come on. That's <laughs> the first points ever scored at Bedford Stadium? 4 nothing. Akron St. Vincent, St. Mary. That was the very first game ever. Here's the article. I still got the article. The article said, Cats safely, and they put it in um, quotation marks, Cats safely opened Bearcat Stadium. And what's funny, was it in, what's funny was it in the Bedford Times Register or the Sun newspaper? Yeah, you you can look it up. It's crazy. I got the first sack. And the only reason they didn't give me credit for two sacks, the both of them, because I got to him first and I was taking him down. My man Jason Caswell came and finished it off. So they gave me a half sack. But I almost would have scored both sacks by myself. But yeah, first points ever scored at that stadium was by me. You know, but most of my damage was done as a running back, man. That's why I set the records and all of that stuff. And um, there's a lot of cool facts, man. Me, me, and me and Holly Berry are the only Berry. actors to come out of there that have ever they can say that their movies were number one in in America. You know, uh, yeah. so for her, she would be the female. For me, I would be the male. There's no, there's nobody else. So uh, how about that? And cool I, I tell you, I tell everybody that I dated Holly Berry just you know because I went to bed, but it, it's not that ain't gonna work. I, I actually. I, <laughs> <laughs> I missed Hallie by a year. I did. I, she was my sister's age. So I missed her by a year. I went to school with her cousin. But anyway, man, we're proud of you guys. And I know if, if somebody comes and interrupts you, I just want you to know this. We're proud of you, man. Uh, anybody that comes out of the 216, I, you you were mentioning it. I got, th- you know, people listen to this. I got 13 my ACT. I, I was not supposed to be anything, you know, but I think there's a toughness and there's a um, a want to and a, a fight that uh, Bedford gave us that the classroom could never teach us. Absolutely. Um, and you're, you know, you're doing that now. We're proud of you. Uh, I'm real proud of you. I want to continue to to promote everything that you're doing, uh, especially more so now from Bedford, but also I, I was promoting it before I even knew you. I right, didn't know till today that, you right. were from Bedford, man. Here's the funny thing about it. Um, when the pandemic hit, um, when the pandemic hit in 2020, uh, I, I experienced so much loss that year. It, it, it's so crazy. I'm out in LA and it's funny. I had got invited to uh, screen the movie uh, Just Mercy, uh, which is a really, really good movie if you haven't seen it. Um, but it was a private invite that we got from Kobe Bryant. Wow. And so Kobe Bryant was there. And I don't mean like I knew him. I mean, like he right. invited a, a specific group of people. It was about 60 people. And his the firm that was promoting, doing the PR for it, invited us to go. I didn't, it came, wow. I'm like, because I, I, I knew the PR firm. And so just by right. having those connections, you can get in on stuff like this. So I don't want to paint the picture that he invited us personally, but you had to be approved to get in here. Still so, there. Kobe Bryant, Michael B. Jordan, Jamie Foxx, like, the, you know, Brie Larson, the whole cast was there. So we go there and, um, you know, he, Kobe spoke and everything and we watched the film and we shook everybody's hands, you know, um, and I've posted, posted these pictures on my, on my social media. I bring that up to say literally 10 days later on a Sunday, he died mm. in that, in that helicopter crash. And it was just crazy. I'm like, I was just with that dude. Right. And, um, and then, so, you know, then you start keeping it moving. Um, you know, uh, the pandemic hits, all this death started to happen. And that's when I lost my mother and my grandmother to COVID. I'm sorry. And so all of this is happening and then you shut down and you're out in LA and you can't work, you can't, you know, or whatever. And so it's like, man, I got to start reevaluating what I'm doing. Like, Lord, 
I start praying, like, do you want me here? Do I, it can't be business as usual. Like, should I go back to Cleveland to where my family is? Like, should I, like, what should I do? You know, um, and so I start praying. One thing that came to mind was the one thing I want, the, the whole reason that I'm acting is like, I want my testimony to be told, you know, like you okay. said, the story, how we grew up. So I did a documentary. I filmed it during the lockdown. That's why this is so near and dear to my heart. It's called 24 Counter, The Story Behind the Run. And okay. the reason that that title comes from is because at Louisville, this is a little bit of a slant, but at Louisville, we were playing UK on national television and we beat them in overtime and I'm the one that had the game winning run. It was this big deal. Everybody got to know me from the football landscape for that. But they don't know the struggle going back to that 12 year old standing out of Cleveland Municipal Stadium all the way up to that run. So it starts off with that run. And then we, you know how they, then we rewind the run and then we go back right. to Cleveland. And I tell right. my story. Well, Bedford is a part of that story. Um, Bedford is featured in the documentary. Uh, you see the stadium. You, you see how I talk about Bedford, my growing up and all of that. So for everybody in the 216, man, um, and Bedford, this documentary, I just put it out a little while ago, man. It's got 41 five-star reviews, and I'm so excited about that. But if you really want to check it out and see what's going on with me and how I honored Bedford and Cleveland, um, the very first chapter of the documentary is entitled Cleveland, and I talk about Cleveland awesome. and Bedford. So that's on Amazon right now, and it's doing really, really okay. well. So I would encourage you all to check that out, 24 Counter, the story behind the run. Um, but yeah, man, that's, that's me, you know, paying, paying my homage, man, to, to my hometown, my home city and definitely my high school, man. So, um, but yeah, you, you will love that if you go check that out. Can't wait. All right. So, and well, I want to, I want to reciprocate that back to you, however we can through this podcast, through everything that we do uh, with unscripted, man, we're, we're in, I'm, I'm bought in. I'm, I, we're all in my unscripted media, my business, my, we're, we're in, we're, we are in your camp. We are uh, linked now, whether you like it or not. So, <laughs> awesome. so you're going to see a lot from us, but no, I, I, I will absolutely, we will promote that. Uh, and again, the movie is no vacancy yeah, uh, no that comes out on May 9th. Uh, it's yeah, a it's, a, it's a weird situation for some of y'all not familiar with it where it's a one day only event mm -hmm. um and it's and it, they're kind of doing it like that in certain places due to the pandemic it's like you know who's going to really come out and see this thing let's kind of protect ourselves on our end we'll distribute it for one day out in theaters you know you come and see it you know great and it's like people wonder like why do you have to do that you know um movies like um the superhero movies and stuff don't do that even with the, because that's a that's a wide interest. You right. know, people are gonna go, but right. you know this 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 really awesome movie about this little church in Florida that people may not know. It, are people gonna come out with? Well, this is a way that they kind of test that out. So it's one night only. But what's happening is when you go and um, you turn up and you turn out for the film, they start to extend it. You know, so okay. don't count on that happening. But if you show up it very well could happen to where it gets a longer run in your place. So you go to novacancymovie.com, you click on theaters, throw your zip code in there, and it'll tell you what theater is playing near you. We're at about 770 theaters nationwide right now. And um, so my family who is still in Cleveland, they hit me up and let me know that they're going to go check it out. And uh, I got uh, you know five brothers and sisters, so that's going to be really, really cool for them to do that. And my Cleveland family, you know, my Bedford family, that's where my heart is, you know, go and check this out and uh, support 
support me May 9th and uh, we'll see what happens. 100%. And I've seen the film. I could say that. I've seen the film. I've witnessed it. Let me ask you one more question because I know you probably got to go. Last question. Where did you get your faith? And I know this is probably a whole episode by itself, right. so that's why you got to come back because I'm going to keep bothering you until you come back <laughs> again. But but just from the Cliff Notes version, where did you get your faith that led you to where you are today? Well, I always say I got the best version of my mother. You know, like I said, God God bless her. Um, she, I'm the youngest of six. And, you know, her faith matured throughout her life because she didn't have her faith early on. And so uh, by the time she had me, uh, which, you know, I talk about in my book, too. I was actually supposed to be aborted. I was uh, that's what she was going to do because she wasn't ready for child number six. You know, five was supposed to be it. Um, and she was she her faith is what kept her from doing it. It was something she wrestled with. But she had got at the strongest point at that point. She sung in the choir, was going to church all the time. And uh, and so I was kind of born into that type of person because I didn't have a Christian household. I just had a Christian mom. You know, um, and, uh, you know, my brothers and sisters kind of did what they want to do. You know, um, uh, a lot of that's different now, but back then, you know, they did what they wanted to do. Uh, so I had to figure that out for myself and my mother set the stage for that by taking me to church. So I went to church right there on 8804 Buckeye Road, man, blessed, uh, blessed hope missionary Baptist church. Um, you know, uh, my pastor was Johnny Twyman. Um, that's kind of where I spent the most of my church years. I went to some other churches, but that's where I spent the most of my church years. Um, and, um, I walked that faith out, you know, as I grew up, but all I had was a belief. Really. I didn't understand what it truly meant to let the Lord become, let, let Jesus become the Lord of your life. It's one thing to believe in him, but you know, that don't mean you're going to follow him and do what he says. The Bible says, even the demons believe, you know, right. but true followers actually allow God to be sovereign. Jesus to, to be Lord of their life and the, the, the Holy Spirit to lead their life and the Bible to be the ultimate authority in their life. I didn't learn that until I was like a sophomore in college. So it was just like a, a steady climb. But throughout my childhood, it was just the, the, the respect of believing in God that carried me and my mother constantly taking me to church. But I matured in my faith in, um, at a Bible study my sophomore year. I really started to learn what it truly meant to trade in your will for God's will and do all those things I just talked about where, you know, Jesus is truly Lord and you obeying and you're praying and you're reading scripture, not just as some little habit, but it's the real deal. Um, and then so from my sophomore year on out, man, I started to learn what it, now I, I would say at that point I became a true Christ follower. And so that's like my path. That's a quick version of my path. Awesome. All right. Let me give you one more word. Uh, Sunday's mother's day. I don't know when people are going to hear this, but Sunday's mother's day, my mom passed. Uh, uh, you have mentioned yours has as well. What does Mother's Day mean to you? Mother's Day for me is I'm reminded of the peace that God gave me the moment she passed away. Um, Mm. I was ready to be completely torn up when this happened. But the fact that of my family, I was the strongest believer in Jesus. I knew that there would be five other people watching me as far as my siblings to see how I handled it. And I didn't have to fake my peace. I knew my mother was going to be with the Lord. So I was able to experience this peace that the Bible talks about, this peace that surpasses all understanding. We can talk about that all all you want, but until you actually experience it, it's really hard to really boast about this peace. So right off the bat, I I never fell apart. Mm -hmm. I I didn't even cry. 
And that would have been totally fine and understandable. But the Holy Spirit held me up in such a way where I could say this. The pain that I was feeling from losing my mother was superseded and surpassed by the peace that I experienced with this one thought. Yeah, I might have lost her, but look at what she gained. Which do you want to focus on? Your loss or her gain? She's Mm. got Jesus. Mm. And she wouldn't come back here if she could. In fact, she feels sorry for me that I'm still here. At the end of the day, the peace that I got from what she gained superseded the pain that I was feeling feeling from what she lost. So what Mother's Day means to me now is the opportunity to keep sharing that true, raw peace that I have because that will inspire other people to maybe say, wow, I still hurt. So I would love to have what you have. And that's going to point everybody right to the Lord, the Holy Spirit, God, and the peace that he gives for those willing to trust him in that area. So for me, I want to celebrate my mother and focus on what she's gained. Because if I don't, I'm going to be really torn up more so by what I lost. And the fact that no vacancy opens right after Mother's Day, my mother is my biggest cheerleader, like with everything that I've ever done. She is all over that documentary, by the way, that that I told you all about. Man, when no vacancy comes, I... Man, I know she, I want to feel her pride that that she usually had when she was alive. So it's, it's, I love that they're so close together. But yeah, man, every Mother's Day, the very first one was really hard after she passed. Right. But from right. then on, it's just been this thing where I'm just like, I'm celebrating what she gained and I'm happy for her. And that's what I'm going to roll with every Mother's Day here on out. And I'm encourage everybody else who has their faith in Christ to grieve that way. Obviously, if you cry or you're sad, that's okay because that just means you miss them. But it would be so much more to cry about and be upset about if they didn't know Jesus, because that eternal resting place is a lot different. So uh, that's that's what it means to me, man. So um, I'm excited for Sunday, celebrating my mom. Well, and I, I I always post on socials. I always say this when I reference my mom: save a place for me. I'll be home soon. Absolutely, uh, save a place for me, mom. I'll be home soon. Absolutely. Right, and I know you will too, man. Thank you. Thank you from Bedford. I, I don't want to speak for a whole city. I don't want to speak for the 216, the whole area code, but thank you. Uh, thank you for representing. Thank you for being who you are. Thank you for coming on for the short time we've had today. I am going to hold you to coming back, but I'll be back, bro. thank you for, man, I'm proud of you. You always have our platform, unscripted, mind scripted, our business, whatever it might be, man, you always have our platform. I'm really proud of you and thank you. Uh, no, a vacancy movie.com comes out the ninth, but there's a lot of catalog there for you all to check out. Go to his website. What's the website? One more time. www.tcstallings.life. L I F E. There you go. There's a lot there, man. Thank you so much. I know you squeezed me in into a very busy day. That means the world to me. Absolutely. You mean the world to me. Thank you for representing. And I'll, I look forward to meeting with you again soon. Absolutely brother. Thank you, man. Appreciate you so much. Keep doing what you're doing. Yes, sir. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Unscripted Podcast with your host, Aaron Conrad. Make sure to like, share, follow, and review on your favorite podcast platforms. Also, make sure to check out my song, Great and Mighty One, on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you find your music. We'll see you next time on Unscripted with Aaron Conrad.
Attention, ride on bus, ride on extra, flash and flex riders. Fare collection will resume on August 1st. Fares will be collected at a new reduced rate. All trips are now only $1. Kids, seniors, and disabled still ride for free. The new reduced rate of $1 reflects Montgomery County's desire to provide equitable transit for all riders. Pay via Smart Trip card, download the Smart Trip app on your mobile phone, or pay with exact change. Learn more at rideonbus.com. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.